You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Gemma, I help connect business with tech talent and today I'm your host. Today I'm joined by Telefon, Frida, Nathaniel and Anish. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Nathaniel, would you like to kick us off? Sure thing. So hi, everybody. My name is Nathaniel. Uh, I'm currently a product manager in a company called Criteo, uh, which does online advertising, online retargeting. And um, before that, I was a product manager at Klarna, working in the consumer app domain, essentially trying to make the consumer app the most uh, used shopping platform in the world. Um, and yeah, on a, on a personal side, I, I love doing sports, uh, specifically swimming. Um, very, very much gotten into that. And uh, I'm a very big tech geek, tech nerd. So I, I really love looking at uh, everything consumer electronics related. So any sort of reviews of mobile phones, headphones, screens, computers, you name it, I've seen it and I can probably advise you on it. So um, yeah, a bit of a geeky nerd there. Perfect. And then Frida, would you like to go next? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm uh, Frida. I, uh, I have leadership background in both advertising, service design and uh, digital communications agencies. Uh, today I work as a team manager um, in the product team that is developing uh, the digital products of uh, Sweden's largest morning newspaper, Dagens Nyheter. So uh, the topic of this podcast uh, really caught my eye because it's something that lies close to my heart. Early in my career, I had a costly personal experience of what can happen uh, if the balance isn't kept. So um, now, 20 years later, when I am in a leadership position, it's natural for me to use this personal experience to work on reducing stress and towards more sustainable work, working conditions. Perfect. And Anish? Uh, yes. Um, uh, my name is Anish. Um, I'm working as a technical lead uh, at Polestar. Um, Polestar is an electric car company. And um, I've been working in um, two different countries, I would say. in I was working in India before and now for, in Sweden, completely different company, uh, countries um, in terms of uh, culture, weather, uh, you name it. <laughs> it's completely different. So and um, I recently migrated uh, to Sweden uh, during this pandemic. I shifted um, with my wife here, which was very challenging. And uh, it was totally a new experience for me as well. Um, uh, this particular uh, topic we are going to discuss, I think it's uh, really interesting, especially in today's scenario where uh, uh, we all talk about um, work-life balance and uh, we all want to have it. And uh, um, I think um, during this pandemic, everyone's uh, point of view on success changed very differently. Who is successful? How successful are you? Was uh, too much into money before, but now during the pandemic, I think everybody started looking at it very differently. So I think it's a really, really good topic to discuss. Yeah. Perfect. And last but not least, um, Telfron, would you like to go? Sure. Uh, my name is Jonathan. Now I'm the product manager for Brickle. We build an e-commerce platform focusing on custom product and micro store. And a little bit about my 
uh, passionate. I'm a car guy. I love cars. I love footballs. I support Manchester United, even though that they doesn't have a very good time here at this moment. Uh, the reason why I feel that I'm very interested to join this topic because I, I see that as a person, like work is also one part of your life, but not all the part. And uh, basically, I'm the person who come from the Asian culture, which they try to work very hard, but sometimes they forgot how to work smart. So I think that I can have a lot of experience and some opinion to share with uh, the group to discuss, and I think it's going to be benefit to our listeners. Thank you. Perfect. So now that we've established a bit of context on each of you, let's move on to the topic that we're talking about. So we've all prepared a question or a statement on how to operate an effective work-life balance. As usual, we'll go around the room and ask for your opinions and your reasons behind it. And you'll have the opportunity to talk about it in a lot more detail. So Frida, would you like to start off with your question? Sure. So <clears throat> a more flexible work situation also brings need for self-leadership. Uh, so I think uh, I think it's hard to separate your work life from your private life when you work from home. Stress sort of sticks sometimes in the furniture even. Um, so it's easy to pick up the phone also and scroll through work stuff in the evening. So my question is, how can we help so that um, our employees don't work too much uh, in this new, more flexible working situation? Anish, would you like to give your opinion to start off with? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so um, my point of view on this is um, this: there, there's no um, uh, right answer here. It's more of uh, what works for every individual. Um, a different tactics may work for different people. Um, for example, I'm somebody uh, who can completely get disconnected when I go on a vacation. But it's not e very easy for everyone. Like you get onto your phone and you start following up what's going on in the work. Um, for some people, it's very, very difficult. So the solution can be different. Uh, but what I think is, um, um, especially when you're managing or leading a team, uh, it's good to understand uh, what they go through, how much workload they have, and um, is it stressful for them. Uh, it's not necessary that the work is giving them stress sometimes, especially during this time. It can be that they may have a sick child at home and uh, they're working for a moment. They have to take care of them or um, pick up the kid during this uh, crucial meeting with, uh, they have. And um, so as a uh, team lead or as a team uh, member uh, or colleague, what you can do is understand this. Uh, I try to have a regular conversation with my team where we discuss about uh, something really casual at times to understand what's going on. And uh, it's not necessary to be work because uh, previously we used to have uh, a coffee break or a lunch talk, which we don't have today. So I managed to have some time with uh, team members and casually discuss with them something really random, uh, maybe what to drink during this weekend. <laughs> so it, it really helps. Sometimes uh, people are um, being alone at home or sometimes they really want to talk. Um, so, so yeah, that, that, that's how I look at it. That's very wise. Yeah, because uh, sometimes before I started working uh, in my in this job that I have now, I worked as a consultant and, and sometimes I found it easier to, you know, uh, because then 
I always summarized my working hours at the end of every day because uh, some hours I could invoice and some hours I couldn't, but you always summarize them. So then I knew. Now I have no idea how many hours I've worked. It's, it's really, that's sort of, um, it's complex in, an, in a new way, sort of. So Frida, could I ask uh, this question, is that a specific question towards yourself? So how do I manage myself as a, a person or is it more related to no. the team members? No, it's more related to team members to team. Okay. Uh, because yeah. um, as, as a manager, I, I don't I don't see my, my employees every day uh, physically, of course, uh, right now. So it's 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 hard for me to know uh, whether or not they're working too, too many hours and, and have too much to do. Of course, we have we know how much workload they have, but uh, if they spend too much hour, too many hours working on it every day, then that that is a problem. So absolutely, yeah. yeah I, I was asking just to to kind of see how we could approach the the, the answer there. But I, I totally agree with you in in terms of being the manager of a team and, and not seeing them in in person. It's it's really difficult to to establish sort of you know who's doing what and whether they're actually having that ha happy work life balance. Um, what I've done from my experience, at least, is I've always tried to openly talk about it. So similar to, to what Anisha was saying, having having these regular conversations with your team to set the right behaviors, or at least to, to allow them to know that, hey, it's okay to switch off. And as a matter of fact, you should, because you know this is this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and then try, what I tried to do was, was try to add activities around that to empower them <laughs> to take to take that time. So to give an example, at the end of the day, and we didn't do it every day um, because I didn't want to bombard the team, but I think it was on Monday, Wednesday, and on Friday, we had a Slack uh, message that was sent out at around five saying that, hey, um, you know, it's leaving time. Who is up for, for a virtual coffee or something like that? And um, then you could also do something like, you know, it's leaving time. How, do you, how are you feeling up until this point? You know, make sure you switch off. Something like that, and then people would respond with emojis uh, to that Slack message, and then you could kind of pick up who is not feeling well and who is, and then maybe have during the one-to-one -one have a conversation with them. But I found that that was a, a nice way to to make it a, a sort of gamified approach of hey, take your work-life balance seriously, and um, and showing the right example is is really important, I think. Uh, really actively showing them that hey, okay, guys, it's um, it's time to to log off. Let's go. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that it's also sort of a reminder that hey, now it's now uh, the work working day is almost over, uh, but it's in a friendly and and a positive way. Exactly. And I like that. Well, one other thing that I tried, um, which which I, I I still need to try a little bit more to to see the long term benefit, is something I call the the feeling frame. Uh, so in in, uh, in our team, we use Miro, which is this whiteboarding platform. And essentially, we have a shared Miro board that, that we call the feeling frame. And then everybody could go in at the at the end of the week and just plug in their feelings. Uh, and then myself and, and the engineering manager of the team would look at those feelings um, at the start of the new week 
and see if there's anything that we need to approach differently or anything that we should address. Um, so far, it's been quite useful. People do tend to be more on the positive side, but at least the ones that sometimes say that, oh, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed, those are the ones that we can then discuss with um, in, in the one-to-ones. So yeah. Good. It's all about picking up signals. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Tofan, what do you think about this? Yeah, I actually I really like the idea that you create the middle board and things to like throw the ideas. I also do the same thing, some similar things, not the same, yeah, with, with my team. So uh, our workflow is kind of like continuous delivery. So we do not do sprint. So everything is kind of just like going with the flow. We have like the kickoff and at the end we do some kind of like some summary meeting. Sometimes we call Reto, sometimes we call like resort analysis, depend on the situation that we have. But one key practice which I do with my team is I set up the weekly meetings. So basically the purpose of my weekly meeting is first to bring some of like positive feedbacks or some update from, from sorry, some direct update from merchants to the team. So they can know like what the product that the team did, what the merchant feels. And also like I use that time to kind of do some rather feedback, kind of ask them like what they feel, um, what their current situation, make sure that they're still happy. But I really like the, the mirror board idea and maybe I, I should try to conduct that with my team. Yep. Yeah, actually, to the, the the reason we went for that option is because I also started trying to to have a meeting where everybody was free to to talk about their feelings. But what I noticed was that either the the communication was a bit shallow, or or what people were saying was like, yeah, we're doing well, you know. But but there, it's not very easy to understand if there's something underneath that. And with this feeling frame, then you at least allow allow the flexibility of anybody to come in and just put in their own time. What they're what they're actually feeling, um, so yeah, it, it's interesting to hear that uh, you, you've done something similar to what we've tried. Um, yeah, Frida, anything else you want to add on this? Anything you want to find out? I don't think so. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so should we move on to um, Nathaniel's question? Sure, absolutely. Um, so so my question is more around understanding what the signals are for when people are not having a good work-life balance. So are there are there any other ways in which you can is, you know, find out if your team is is um, is due for some improvement in, in that area? Yeah, I can I can go first. I think this is a really great great question. Um, and even if I have my own experience of this, uh, I would say that it's so individual how you react and and it also depends on how far it's gone. Um, and it's it's not always the one who works the most hours that is at risk of uh, you know being burned out or or something, but it's working many hours can be a sign uh, and also, um, I mean, some people get angry more than usual. Some are more sad. Um, some go to the doctors more often. Some are homesick more often than they usually are. And some people choose not to be social with the team as uh, 
as they might have been doing before. So I think that uh, an empathic leadership is key here to, to, uh, to know your employees and, and have established trust within the team. That's, uh, that it's safe to share. Um, many burnouts have uh, something else in their lives that requires a lot of energy, but um, it's not always the case. Uh, so I think as a leader, be curious about the person, ask many questions, and don't be afraid to become personal. Because as we said earlier, it's all about picking up signals. So, so ask the team uh, and show that you care. I mean, ask the people that work closely to, to a person if you pick up a sign. So, and I must say, I started working at this position uh, during the pandemic. So I've gotten to know my 13 employees while working on distance. So I've been touring Stockholm, actually, and the outskirts going to physical walks and talk, walk and talk meetings with my employees in their neighborhood. And I, that's a very useful tool. Um, it's easier to, to establish trust uh, when, you, when you see each other physically. So um, I would say that is also very, uh, very useful tool to, to use. That's a very interesting one. Yeah, really love the the walk and talks. Um, I, I think that that's definitely a good way. I actually have a follow up question to to what you mentioned, Frida. If there is an employee that might be on the verge of burnout or is experiencing burnout, what has your experience been in asking questions about that? Because it might be something sensitive that they might not want to talk about. So, if that's the case, how how do you approach that? If you if you come in with a a kind and compassionate uh, view on it you can see that you're struggling with something uh, if you if you want to talk you know that I'm here like that approach more than anything else I think um, let them be part of the solution um, so that they don't feel like you're a threat that you're helping that you care I think that would would help a lot Cool, thank you. Anish? Yeah, um, yes, so different people um, show it in different ways, but I think um, it's not necessarily everybody will open up and tell you what they go through or they are interested in sharing it. But sometimes you get to see in their delivery, like um, if they're not an usually um, delayed delivery person or the quality of delivery is poor, or sometimes they react in a meeting which they usually don't. Uh, in a way like that. So uh, you understand and uh, try to be supportive is one thing you can do. And um, like um, uh, we discussed earlier, like there is a thin line between um, you being um, 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 micromanagement or or understanding them. And um, you need to make sure and uh, give them the space. Uh, if they are not interested in or they're not willingly sharing it, then we should not push so much. Then, then that can give them stress too. So, um, and how I look at it is like um, not necessary or not only a manager, even a, a colleague can help you really well. Sometimes they open up more with a colleague than with the manager or a team lead. And um, so, um, simply you can raise your hand and say like, okay, hey, I, I know you're uh, having too much to do. Let me know if I can help you. You know that that will really take the load out of them. So, 
yeah, it's it's more of you understanding um, and the team around you and um, trying to be helpful. Um, also, not to push them so much and make them stressful. <laughs> I really like the idea of of having colleagues talk to colleagues because you're right. It, it might be the case that uh, other colleagues are, you know, the 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 gateway to having them yeah. open up. So yeah, definitely a good one. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, one thing to add here is like uh, it's it's also the the culture they come from. Um, uh, some people really open up um, when they physically meet, uh, but some people like just like some people like calling and some like texting. You know, like point, <laughs> they yeah. have their own way of like sometimes um, uh, you being a team leader or a manager asking them uh, something in chat, they are more comfortable sharing it in the chat than physically telling you. But some really like it telling in front of you. So yeah, it's, it's understanding your uh, your colleagues and team and help them out. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I feel like I'm I'm lucky that I'm being in the startup and my team is quite lean. So basically now we have only like five people in, in my team to focus on only like one, one function of, of the, the platform. So basically like I kind of see the sign mostly during the stand-up meetings. So once they update daily and now I just try to like keep track. And then if something wrong, then what they usually I will try to like approach them in the indirect way. So I'm not just like going directly to ask them like, okay, what what's wrong with you? Do you have any problem? But just maybe try to ask for some like work related and then start to ask for, for like, some personal life to to take up some crews. And yeah, basically for me, I, I feel that if I have some some side that my team member have some side gonna be burned out. I will try to make sure that I can, I know what is the root cause it is. Is it based on planning? Then it's me that it's my fault that I plan something wrong and make them burn out. So I, I should be fixed by myself. But if it's based on their performance, so some, so now it's time to thinking about that. Do I push he or she too hard? Maybe uh, I expect from them too much than, than what, what it should be. And then it's, based on the workload that maybe we planned and first we thought that it's not that hard, but then it's come up with a very challenge problems and it's require more working resource to solve, then I should allocate that to them. So maybe like sometimes the problem solved without like, I really know that they are burned out, but I just say the signal, I, I know that they're gonna go into that situation and try I try to avoid it. And I think like one one key thing that we as a as a leader can avoid the burnout to the team member is try to make sure that we motivate them enough, but we do not push them too hard. And everything that we assign is realistically, so we we should not expect them too high. Then it is. Thank you, Tulatharn. What are the the signs that you specifically look for? You said that you during the standups and stuff, you you look for signs. I'm curious to to know what you're looking at. Um, actually, like basically, you will know like what how how much thing that each person can be done within a day, and if they have the problem, which they still find, they they usually raise up during the standup that okay, I have the problem on this. Can someone help me about this? But one day, if they start to not 
asking for help or they start to do not ask any question and they pass because there's something wrong. Gotcha. Yep. So, so, so that is some kind of example. And mm -hmm. another thing is maybe from their voice, their tone. So yeah, maybe I'm lucky that I, I feel that I'm, I'm being very close with my team. So we also like hang around a lot after work. Sometimes we just being on like Google Meet after work together for some hours and keep chit chatting. So that that's also helped. Yeah, that's definitely nice. <laughs> cool, thank you. One thing that I've learned from doing this podcast, I don't know if I've mentioned it to you all before, was that if you have a conversation with somebody and you have that feeling that maybe they are working a bit too much and you want them to open up to you, but they're, they're not doing, um, if you ask them how they are at the end of a conversation rather than the start, it's less of a formality. Um, it's more open to everybody and they're more likely to give you a honest answer um, depending on the person but it's a useful tip that might be able to help you all out. Um, does anybody else have anything else that you want to add to that? Anything you want to close off with, Nathaniel? Uh, no, nothing specific, but I, I definitely want to try out that that method of asking how you're doing at the end of the meeting. I really like that. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that one. I heard that uh, pod, podcast uh, topic uh, where, where the, you discussed that, and I, I've used it. It's really, really good. It works. Yeah, it's the psychological safety by Google, I think it was part of, to um, give them credit. <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really useful. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Tuffone, do you want to go next with your question? Sure, I raised up one question, like, what is the tip from your guys to ensure that your team still balance their work and their personal life during the pandemics. Because what I faced at the first of pandemic is like people seemed hard to adapt their lifestyle to just sit in front of the computer for the whole day without having any socialized things. And yeah, effort is caused a lot of problems. Yep. So I want to know your opinion on like what is your experience and how you solve it. I can go first if if yeah okay. Uh, well, I have a few a few ideas that we have implemented in our team, um, and hands on. I mean, it's both hands on and another on another level. And if if we can, if we start on this other level, we we have tried to empower and coach the team members in self leadership. That they own and steer their own work time. Um, it's important that um, that they, of course, make sure to have time to do the work needed, so to deliver according to plan and everything, but also to fit in the like the recovery from stress within the working hours, um, and and to and what I, what do I mean by that? I mean maybe taking breaks and taking a walk during during your workday, and uh, maybe take a meeting, walk and talk. Uh, with 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 headphones, uh, but really, and, and actively decide uh, whether or not to participate in meetings that you get invited to, because uh, maybe you don't have time, and maybe you don't um, actually need to be there. So uh, that's uh, that's on on one level, but but there are sort of practical things to to that you can do also. 
uh, you can sort of protect and secure the life part of the balance by setting up a few boundaries for the working hours. So, as I said before, make room for recovery, uh, stress recovery during work hours. And also uh, to not schedule meetings uh, throughout the day. Uh, maybe have, a, have an understanding within the team that after, after four, we're not scheduling any meetings and before nine. Um, this way, everyone have time to, to pick up and leave their kids at school or whatever they need to do. And also, this is like super important, don't disturb after working hours. Uh, so no Slack, Slack messages or, or emails uh, after working hours or during weekends. I think scheduling messages is like uh, a super, uh, super function. <laughs> 100% agree with that. Yeah, 100%. I love that. 100%. Not enough people use that, to be honest. I know, I know. Because uh, from the top of my head, I, I always come up with stuff after working hours. And, and, and it's so easy to just da -da -da, type in that and send it. But I mean... It, I shouldn't, I shouldn't disturb. So uh, scheduling those messages for tomorrow morning is great. And of course, turn off notifications and stuff like that to ensure uh, focus. We also, I mean, we are, uh, we are encouraging uh, exercise. It's flexible when you exercise, during the day is fine. Um, that's also a matter of self-leadership. Uh, and during the pandemic, we have uh, been able to do uh, one online yoga class and one cross-training class uh, that we have had scheduled during work hours every week. That's been super great for, for not everyone has participated, of course, but it's there. It's available. So, yeah, spending time in nature to recover also a thing. Yeah, that is a very good tip. I actually like at first, uh, I think sometimes some some person may not very familiar about the scheduling thing. So I set the rules with my team that you guys need to set up your select to turn off notification after your working hours. And we you allow to push the button that say like push the notification only some urgent things. Otherwise, if you are shy to read it or just leave it until the next morning and you reply. So that is my, my rule. Yeah. Have you tried the scheduling function to schedule the message for, for later? Yeah, I, I also try, but it's sometimes I also <laughs> forgot to do that because yeah. uh, at, 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 our, at our company, we have multiple offices and we work across three major time zone. So sometimes like it's you you forgot because you oh, yeah. tend to reply someone in other time zones. But then like uh you need to also reply to your colleagues in your same in the same time zone. So sometimes you forgot to do that. But yeah. it's kind of rude that's we are know each other that if it's not just like have the sound during the after working hour, it's your choice to to leave it at. That's good. I mean, that's a very complex working situation to have so many time zones. I can understand that then. Yeah. 
Uh, Nish, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's a mix of everyone, what uh, <laughs> we discussed so far. Um, but I see it like this uh, way that um, it end of the day, it is uh, to the individual uh, to manage. But as a leader, what we can do is like set the expectations that they don't have to work after the office hours or we are not expecting you to deliver at 10 o'clock in the night. Uh, at times, even I send message uh, late in the night, but my I, I set my expectation that I send you this message because I remember it now. It doesn't mean that you have to reply to me right away. You can reply to me when uh, you are done with it or maybe tomorrow morning. And uh, basically setting the expectation will really help in this scenario and uh, also understanding uh, each other and uh, um, like uh, we discussed if we have different time zones then it's actually really a challenge um, in in when we are in Sweden for example we have a kind of a luxury to have half of uh, Asia time working hours with us and half of US time so we kind of can balance but not everybody have that luxury like if somebody working in China for example have a colleague in US then they hardly have any time together so uh, it, it depends on how we manage that. Uh, but in, in my scenario currently, at least I don't have uh, teams spread across. But I have been part of uh, uh, those teams before. Um, I was in India and um, I used to work with US and uh, UK colleagues. And I, I can understand that uh, time zone challenges. But yeah, uh, end of the day, I think it's, uh, it's uh, to the individual how they plan their day. Uh, we can only be supportive. Yes. <laughs> I think it's also, um, so I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit, Anish. I, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> so, so, so with the with the the point about sending a message late and, and, and kind of managing the expectations that it's not necessary to, to respond. So I, I've had a similar situation where my manager did the same, right? He would send messages all hours of the day, and then he would say, of course, at some point, like, don't worry about responding right away. But there are people that you know, either through accident or just curiosity or just scrolling through their phone, they have their notifications on or forgot to shut it off, they might see it and then open that email. And even though they might not actually respond to it, the fact that they've opened it is just one additional small stressor that they should technically not have after working hours, right? So um, I make it like, at least from my perspective, I know that my managers um, um, just kept sending anyway, <laughs> but I, I think I, what I always try to do is be very mindful of that. And if it, if it can't wait in your scenario, when you mentioned that you have people in different time zones, maybe it's a bit more difficult to schedule messages because at any point it could become uncomfortable for somebody in a certain uh, scenario. I think it's really important to, to drive home the, the message of whether something's urgent to be acted on and by whom. So that the people that by accident see that message that they don't, um, you know, get that uh, little bit of extra stress that they might not need. Um, but um, but yeah, yeah, I think you know scheduling messages is definitely the way to go. I've actually had myself uh, the experience of sending a message by accident and at night, and then realizing, oh crap! So I deleted the message and then scheduled it afterwards. <laughs> um, damage was already done, but you know, I'm trying to hold myself accountable. Um, but but yeah, what I wanted to add to this uh, as an answer to this question is that it's it's very important, you know, regardless of all the activities that we do, I think it's very important to keep actively communicating over and over again to the team that you know it's it's very important to to remind ourselves of this healthy work-life balance, especially in our current um, pandemic situation. 
it's only when we get tired of saying it that people actually hear it, right? And and so I think it's it's really important to keep keep up that communication uh, over and over again. And then um, at some point, it's also our management that in in the wider scenario, in the wider meetings like the all hands meetings or uh, the wider company meetings, they also need to communicate it, right? And if they don't, I think it's up to us. Uh, middle managers, I, I don't like that word, but you know, for lack of better terms, uh, for us to bubble it up to them if that's not being done. Because I, I think that if we can all align within the company as much as possible, of course, that uh, this is a communication that needs to go out to everybody, then, then, then people will feel more comfortable with that. Right? In, in, in my current company, for example, our CEO is very adamant every time that she uh, does um, an all hands, at the end, she gets questions, and some of them, in whichever way, shape, or form, always go into the direction of: Should we work overtime? You know, should we work on the weekends? Is is that going to change at any point in the future? And and she's always very adamant, and I really love that. She's super adamant, saying, "Look, I don't expect you to do that. I don't do that myself. I'm not in. I'm not in favor of it. I'm not a fan of it. I don't expect you to do that." Now, if the world is burning. <laughs> then maybe I might call upon you, but it will be in the, the absolute worst case scenario. So don't do that. And, and that message just goes down the chain to everybody. And I, I really love that. And, and then you can see that people really do take it seriously. Um, so that, that, that's what I would say. If, if management doesn't do that yet, let's, let's bubble it up. You know, let's make sure that they're aware that this needs to be communicated. I hope you don't mind me challenging you earlier, Anish. Uh, that's absolutely okay. <laughs> I, hope, I hope we can still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So I just wanted to add um, that uh, when I had my uh, experience of, of burnout when I was younger, uh, I think one of the main reasons why I ended up where I did uh, was because it was a very unclear uh, role uh, it was not super, uh, well, the boundaries were unclear. And, and to be unclear and not uh, communicate what the expectations are, that's always a very big risk factor. So, so um, um, for the management to be very clear what the expectations are, that is... Uh, a sign of a, a healthy uh, management system, I would say, and and just just as you say, Nathaniel, it bottles down to throughout the organization. So, I think that's uh, great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Also, I would like to add one more point, like where um, something which we tried in our organization, having a health challenge uh, within the organization. So that's our thing, which was really successful. So. Uh, during uh, the pandemic, not many people uh, were spending enough time outside or they were uh, focusing more on the screens. So this uh, particular challenge really helped everyone, uh, including the CEO, everybody's participating and we are sharing our uh, daily scores on, on, the, on the app. So that was really, really motivating everyone to get out and do something. And uh, slowly people started not bothering that it is between the office hours or whenever they get a time to uh, maybe after lunch, go for a walk or a short run, everyone was doing it. And that uh, got everyone together and that whole um, uh, childish uh, or kiddish uh, attitude of uh, challenging each other, you know, like, and that was really helpful. So 
these things uh, with the help of uh, technology, I think we can make use of to get everyone together and have an idea that having a personal life, taking care of yourself is also very, very important. Definitely agree. I actually found that when you do longer meetings, um, let's say a meeting of an hour or longer, uh, it's it's actually fun to nominate an observer at the start of the meeting. So you ask, you task that observer with uh, looking at the energy around the room. And if that person sees that the energy starts kind of dwindling, I know it's it's a bit difficult to see it on on screen, but it's still it's still a nice sort of exercise, right? If the observer sees that the energy goes down, then that person can decide what type of little small activity the team needs to do to get back the, the to get the energy back up. Whether it's you know doing jumping jacks or push-ups or just stretching, um, it, it's a really fun exercise, and you know the team really appreciates that as well. So it's. Um, yeah, it's a nice way to keep the, the team active in a way, healthy. Great advice. I'm going to try that. Super. <laughs> Just because I'm aware of um, our time, um, Anish, can we move on to your question? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, so my question was like, um, how following a routine can help us have a, a good work-life balance? Um, to elaborate a little bit uh, on this question, um, so uh, I'm I'm somebody uh, who uh, plan my day. Uh, I love doing that, and I some kind of get a uh, satisfaction following that. So uh, this comes from my childhood, you know. Like um, I was more into uh, playing, so I love finding time for playing. So uh, when I go to school and come back, my only thought is like, okay, how can I save time when I can play more? So um, when can I do my homework without being at home before that? or spend reading uh, maybe in between the classes. So that way I find enough time to have a video game or chat with my uh, friends or, or play a game. So it, it came naturally for me, but uh, now that is really, really helping me. Like um, when I wake up in the morning, um, maybe in the first hour itself, uh, I have an idea or a plan that, okay, what all the talk I'm looking forward to for the day or when do you think when when can i go for a, a break go for a walk or a run or um, when can i do cooking i really love cooking i enjoy cooking and i love eating as well <laughs> so i i i really try to uh, find time and uh, if i'm a bit not motivated or little uh, slow then i think of okay what can i cook today so that's something can lift my mood and okay today evening i'm going to cook this then I i'm motivated so different things works for people so my question is like how planning your day or having a routine can help you um, do better in your work as well as have a good balance in your life uh, i think this time i can start uh, i would say that if you want your team to have a good routines or good practice, it needs to start from us as the leaders, as the manager of them, right? So like uh, for me, in my opinion, first thing that we, we need to do, not only over plan, but we also need to plan smart and we need to delegate the right thing to the right person. Also, we need to make sure that we allocate some time for them to do some improvements also challenging them at the same time. Actually, like our company just start one activities. We call it as a platform Monday. So basically like we're gonna block 
every feature task on Monday and let the engineer, QA, designer spend on the task that they would like to improve the platform or either improve themselves. Maybe they uh, visit some rock about some new patterns and they want to try with some code base in, in, in the platform. They also have chance to do that. So that's also some kind of routine to uh, make them feel that they, they need to think about all the things rather than just focus on the task that needs to be done. Also, uh, a month ago, we have chance to be back to the office. So I bring some very Swedish way to my team with either Fika times. So basically, if, if someone who listen here and do not know about Fika time, so it's kind of Swedish style. Actually, I, I learned that during my master in Sweden, uh, people in Sweden tend to have the time boxing like 45 and 15. So they will focus on something for 45 minutes and then they will take a break for 15 minutes. And for what I understand, like every two hours, it's gonna have another 10 minutes that they're gonna going out from their desk or from their works, grab some coffee, drink together and have some chit chat. And I think that is a one of habit that makes uh, people can balance their life. And I also bring that to my team. And additionally, one last thing that I think we, we should do is we need to check up their health, both physical and mental, mental health oftenly. Maybe like by some little board as Natalie will mentioned before to let them throw their emotions or maybe on something, something that you can hear some feedback from your teams. That's going to help to maintain, in my opinion. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Especially the Fika part, I really liked it. <laughs> How can you not like Fika, right? Ah, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, and today is Thursday, you know, why not? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> well, some, some people have like uh, the routine of waking up at five and do some extreme yoga and everything like that. I'm not one of those uh, persons. Um, I would say I focus on uh, starting to take, I mean, I take morning walks to start off my day and, and sort of take small steps and build on those things. So, um, and also I usually take mini breaks uh, and do some breathing exercises to, you know, calm, calm me down uh, when, when I am in stress. So, uh, so breathing exercises and also a lot of walks and, and I also go out for runs, but I don't have like a super tight schedule doing that. It's more of a, what does my body need right now? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And also, especially when you're in Sweden, a lot of things goes by the weather. You should plan when there is sun and if you need some sun, then you should plan in between. So. Uh, everything goes by uh, weather. That's something I learned uh, after coming here. <laughs> but it's also, did, did you not hear the saying, there's no bad weather, only bad clothes? Exactly. That's another <laughs> learning I had here. Like it was, it was a big one. And in the beginning when I came here, um, uh, rain was something like, oh, it's raining. Like when does it stop? Then, then my mindset naturally changed. Like it doesn't matter, you know, like 
uh, wear the right clothes, then you're ready for any weather. Um, in the in the beginning, when I saw people running at 11 o'clock in the night or uh, jogging when it is minus five, <laughs> it was so unusual for me. <laughs> <laughs> but later I understood it's only the mindset. Yeah. <laughs> Nathaniel, anything else to add? Um, yeah, I think it was kind of already mentioned, but um, I think that uh, in terms of routines, uh, what I try to do is that when we have our what was it biweekly biweekly retros, um, that in in that retro we can switch the the theme as well. So um, essentially, when the retro is usually about the, the last sprint or the last couple of weeks in terms of how things went, what can be improved and whatnot. But you can also, uh, you know, do a, a, a switch up in the in the theme of the retro and say, okay, today we're going to do a retro specifically on work-life balance, and how can we create routines as a team that could help us to maintain this balance, and then try to make sure that you come up with action items from that retro that the team actually created, so that you can get their commitment, right? Because if the, if it's something that they put together, well, it's easier for them to commit to it. Um, so yeah, it, it, like one of the commitments that we had, just to give an example, was that um, as a team, we we asked for budget to get um, the Headspace app, and so we we all got a got a subscription to Headspace, and then we committed to do at least three sessions of meditation as a team, you know, throughout the week, and then on Friday we would share the the results. So we would share how many hours we've or how many minutes or hours we've done Headspace together, and then you. It, if you sign up, you can also, uh, you know, become buddies inside of the app, or you can set yourself up as buddies. So you, you can see the whole team and see how they're doing, and kind of give them nudges and everything. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I realized that that is not possible in all organizations, but you know, you could come up with different ideas, and the team could come up with ideas as well. So, so yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah. It's amazing advice, Matthew. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Does anybody have any last ideas, thoughts they'd like to share before we wrap it up? No. Uh, no, uh, I think it was a very good takeaway for us. Like all of us had at least one or two to take away from this uh, discussion. It was really good. Definitely agree. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we'll leave it there then. So this has been a episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of you. Um, I've learned some new things as well. It's been really, really insightful and hopefully we'll be able to help other people operate more effectively. Um, so thank you all for listening and thank you for participating.